Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. While making cookies, have you ever ate the cookie dough? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Uh, let's see. Hmm, I can see why. That's very good. Okay, go to the second question. Have you ever made chocolate chips? Let's see, chocolate chip cookies, and then afterwards hold the bag up to your mouth and drop the last chip or two into your mouth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very, very good. All right. Okay. And here's our last question, I think. Mm. Raise your hand if you've ever purposely made sure the last chip or two didn't fall into the bowl and just sort of, you know, they had to be eaten from the bag. Mm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ingredients, as I talk with my mouth full, ingredients are very, very important. As we make a transition, let's talk about Christmas just a little bit more. Because we're making a transition from the Christmas season to the new year. And already in my mind, in my heart, and I know it's true for our staff and our pastors, that um, we've already uh, stepped into 2019. And there's all kinds of thoughts. You heard that today already about... um, uh, the uh, January uh, 19th and 20th, uh, as we are preparing for the Holy Ghost weekend, that is so significant and so huge. And I think that's a key word for this message today. So as you're endeavoring to track where I'm going today, think of the word significance. And, and we'll touch on a, maybe another couple words, but significance is really key to this message uh, Jill and Stuart uh, Briscoe, they have uh, been popular uh, authors uh, in the Christian world for, uh, for a number of years. Uh, and just recently, I finished up a, um, uh, a uh, devotional that was, uh, it was an Advent devotional, and it, it brought me right up to Christmas and actually through Christmas. And one day, this was the quote that uh, uh, Jill made uh, as I was reading the devotional. She says, You hear a lot about the spirit of Christmas at this time of year. But the spirit of Christmas needs to be superseded by the spirit of Christ. Amen? The spirit of Christmas is annual. The spirit of Christmas is eternal. The spirit of Christmas is sentimental. The spirit of Christmas is supernatural. The spirit of Christmas is a human product tradition, the spirit of Christ is a divine person. The spirit of Christ sets us apart and makes us unique. The spirit of Christ gives us significance slash mission, which is so so important to us. I just want to make a comment about uh, our um, Christmas Eve service uh, um, I have witnessed a number of our Christmas Eve services here in this church, 
And I thought this past uh, uh, Christmas Eve service was, there was two of them, and I thought they were the best Christmas Eve services uh, that we uh, uh, have seen in our church. And I certainly do, uh, I want to say a special thanks to our pastors uh, and the way they led that, and, and uh, especially uh, Pastor Katie and Pastor Ashley and all their involvement to it. It was just a, a great night. And how I knew it was a great night is when people were leaving this place, and, and a couple in particular came up to me, and they said that as they were leaving this place, they were leaving this place with, with just being a sense of just being uplifted and ministered unto. Sometimes the Christmas Eve service is very traditional, and, and sometimes, you know, people would just go through the motions, that's good. But when you see people leave, and uh, a tear in their eyes, uh, people leaving because their hearts are touched, you know that, that that particular service hit the mark. And so uh, thank you, uh, leadership, uh, for our Christmas Eve service. There's something to be said about significance. Uh, and as we think about the, the, Christmas, uh, the Christmas message that we've heard many times, let's talk about Bethlehem for just a moment. Although small and seemingly insignificant, and Christy reminded us that there are, there are two Bethlehems uh, in the uh, modern-day Israel, one in the north and one in the south, and the one in the south is one we're focused on this morning. And, and in the um, uh, video, she refers or references the significance of Bethlehem. And because of the Christmas story, we all know here today that Bethlehem played a significant role in the birth of Christ. Now, there was a quote. I don't know if you caught it because you were probably getting caught up with Christie's accent and, and maybe what she was doing or what she wasn't doing. But Christie makes this statement in the midst uh, of, of her uh, cooking uh, presentation. She says, big things come from really little places. And certainly, she was making reference uh, to, to Bethlehem, but I believe that the Lord speaks to us today, and, believes, and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to get this message across to each one that is here today, that we are all significant to what God is doing now and what he is about to do in the days to come. Let's read the passage of Scripture that talks about Bethlehem over in Matthew 2, 1 through 6, and Micah 5 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where the Messiah was to be born, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Reading from Micah, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now Micah 5.2, which was written many years earlier, this was a prophetic word about the, uh, the birth of Christ. It says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Though you are small, though you are small and may even seem insignificant among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Before we conclude our series this morning, I just want to, by review, 
uh, share with you once again some of the topics that, that Pastor Chad, our, our lead pastor, has been preaching on for the last uh, several weeks. The first message was on the gift of expect, expectancy. Uh, the second message was on the gift of grace. Uh, the third message, and that was a powerful message uh, that uh, Pastor Chad brought to us, was the, the gift of reconciliation. And I think all of us on that particular day, our hearts were really moved. Uh, as, as Pastor Chad uh, brought the message that reminded us this is one of the gifts that we are responsible for. And of course, he talked about the last time was on the gift uh, of adoption. And, and today, it may seem like a, a no-brainer, but today's message is the gift of Jesus. Uh, and, and as we take a look at the gift of Jesus, we're going we're gonna to narrow down that a little bit because we don't want to make it too, too, uh, too broad. In, in the video, uh, Christy talks about Bethlehem, and she talks about the meaning of that, and we kind of narrowed it down to that, that the meaning of Bethlehem means the house uh, of bread. Now, there are two stories that emerge out of Bethlehem. One we just referenced, and you, you know it well, but there's another one that starts back in the Old Testament, and it's the one, the story about Ruth and Boaz, and it's a story that relates to Bethlehem, and I want to read a couple of scriptures for you this morning as you once again understand significance coming out of perhaps what seemed insignificant or coming out of something that is small. Ruth chapter 1, verses 3 through 5 reads this. It's a bit of the story of uh, Naomi, uh, Ruth's mother-in-law, and uh, some of the hardships that they fell upon. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was, she left, was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, and this is the hardship times, both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Naomi and Ruth returned to Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Now, 1,000 years before for Jesus... Uh, here's, here's just a, a verse that, that maybe you haven't seen. I just want, to see, want you to see that back in Leviticus, there was actually a, a prophetic statement that was being made about what would happen to, to uh, Ruth as she would travel with her widowed mother to Bethlehem. Over in Leviticus 23-22 tells us about an agricultural responsibility that the farmers had back in those days. And it says this, when you reap the harvest of your land. Do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. In other words, the farmer was told, listen, we, uh, when you farm your land, I don't want you to go out there and just clean every b- uh, blade of uh, wheat or barley or oats. You're to leave some in. It was almost like they were to leave kind of, you know how a corners might be there, some of the corners. And if, as they were gathering up the sheaves back, as they did in those days, if there was anything that fell off the, uh, off the wagon type thing, leave it there. Leave it there for the, for the poor. Well, that played a key role in the life of Boaz, and especially uh, the, the life of Ruth. So, so Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, are now in Bethlehem. They're on hard times. Uh, uh, they're devastated. 
uh, they're, they're uh, below the poverty line. And, and this is uh, uh, what, what happens is that, that uh, Naomi gives instructions to Ruth. Listen, you need to go out and gather in some food for us because we, we won't have anything. And, and so she does that. And as a result of this, and the scripture that I just referred comes into play, the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. And then this is the story, and you'll have to read it on your own. But what happens is that Ruth and Naomi go to Bethlehem. Uh, Ruth is sent out, and she goes to this farmer's field. She doesn't really know who it is. And the farmer takes a liking to her. He leaves as Leviticus had already instructed that they were to leave some things. And as a result, a love story unfolds. And because of the, the wheat and, and that was left over and bread comes into the place. And, and you can see where the name Bethlehem, uh, the place of bread, comes and come, comes, uh, makes it, it significant. So as a result of Boaz, who would soon be the husband of Ruth, um, and because of his generosity and being obedient to Scripture, something which seemed insignificant becomes significant. Here's why. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi, which happens, they have Ruth and Boaz, they have a child. Then Naomi took the child in his arm and uh, her arms and cared for him. The woman lived there, said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. The father of King David. See the significance? See what seemed insignificant was significant. The birth of Christ. The other story that you know comes out of Bethlehem. Over in Matthew chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. Ram, here's the genealogy. And sometimes, you know, when you're reading the Bible and you come across these things, they get very boring and you kind of miss the significance. But perhaps today you will recognize the significance of this particular genealogy found in chapter 1. Ram, the father of Minadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David is the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. And now I skip down to not bore you with all the other names, but going down to verse 15. Eliud, the father of Eliezer, Eliezer, the father of Mathen, Mathen, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called Messiah. Once again, what would have seemed insignificant is significant, and we, we understand the, the, the role of certainly Christ and the gift of Christ. Significance, let's talk about that for just a few moments. Significance versus in significance. And there's a slide here, and it's already up on, and you, you take a look at it for, with me. Uh, and this is just a general observation of, uh, of people that, that recognize their significance, uh, and also people that 
don't recognize their significance or insignificance. And we, do the, we deal with this all the time when, in Come Church, and I really believe today part of, of what Pastor Chad was leading us in our time of prayer was to address uh, insignificance. Because there was, and he was talking about love and that how some, some perhaps were here today that were saying, man, I, I don't feel the love, or, or Christmas maybe was a bummer and it didn't go the way that you wanted it to go. And, and really when you came away from Christmas Day, you really felt heavy heart instead of lifted, lifted up and so forth. And you're not alone, believe me. But, but today, we really want to stress the, the message here that, that all of us that are gathered here today are significant to what Christ is accomplished and wants to accomplish by his Holy Spirit. So when you are significant, you smile. You walk into the room, and you know you have something to contribute. You look forward to getting out of bed when you are significant. You talk differently. And you've noticed that yourself, that people that feel significant, there's just, their speech betrays them. Those that, that uh, uh, feel insignificant, their speech, you know it right away. They, they, they browbeat themselves, they put themselves down. You trust God more when you know you are significant. You plant seed. You plant seed when you know you're significant but because you're, you're thinking of the future generations. You're thinking about what is around the corner. You think about what God is raising up. And you live each day in light of eternity. In other words, that you live this day. Like, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I know that one day God is going to unfold his spirit. I know one day that, that eternity will reveal what's going on. And my responsibility is to live this day with significance in light of eternity. However, on the other side of the coin, insignificance. Insignificant people don't smile. You dread the day. You, you, uh, that your outlook is, is, is jaded. You, you see no hope. You see no future. You see, what's the point? You just live it from one day to day. You don't take steps of faith. You won't trust God. You no longer plant seed Eventually, what happens when insignificance takes over, you lose hope. And something inside dies. The emphasis of this message today is that we are significant. Small things can be game changers. Uh, As you take a look at this slide, small things can be game changers. Number one, uh, the first paragraph, the smallest things can change the world. One man giving lunch leftovers to a girl who was poor began a marriage that would lead to King David and to Joseph and to Jesus. That, would, that one man would be Boaz. Uh, uh, the second paragraph, one small baby in a basket discovered by Pharaoh's daughter would lead to the rescue of God's children. Who are we talking about? Moses. Okay, very, very good. So once again, significance and insignificance. Uh, Jesus Uh, The gift of Jesus. Jesus also called himself the bread of life. Jesus declared in John 6 and 35, I am the bread of life. Who comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes me will never be thirsty. The significance of the gift of the bread of life, which is Jesus, gives to us, gives us eternal life. But it doesn't stop there. We have the responsibility to give the gift away. We have the responsibility to give Jesus away. That is our responsibility uh, as we uh, respond to his call. 
There are two questions this morning that I'd like to have you think about because there's there's a way that we need to conclude this service today. I'm not sure how we're going to conclude it, but but I'm I'm, I'm conscious of of the, the time frame that we're in, and I've asked our prayer team if they would be very sensitive, especially at this point, that as we come to as we as we come to a conclusion here in a few moments, that that the prayer team would just be aware, just be sensitive. What what, how does God want us to close today? How does God want us to, to uh, um, uh, uh, express our, 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 our significance together? Two questions I, I'd like to um, uh, have you think about. Uh, for, for Number one is, can you think? Okay, go to the next slide, please. All right. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Okay. Now, that didn't uh, work out right. Uh, uh, I can see something that must have happened uh, with the way the slide. But I said the question is, can you think of a small endeavor Bethel did that turned out to be something huge? Can you think of a small endeavor that Bethel Church did that turned out to be something huge? And, and so I had different things up there, uh, and, and you can't see it, uh, what happened. But I, I thought, with, uh, going back many, many years ago, we had, when, when we first arrived here with the people at that time, we had a family fun day. And it was a family fun day, and we did it over on Lauren Avenue. And uh, it, it was one of those, we only did it once. But the impact of that family fund, it went on for, for years to come. I would have people, including our mayor, would often reference the family fund day that we had. Another thing that we got involved in uh, many, many years ago that started off small but continues to impact people, hundreds of people throughout the year, is the community meals. Uh, and the community, it sounded like a, a very insignificant thing at the time. But because of that, we've been able to touch lives uh, over and over again, hundreds of lives, as, as a result of just doing something that would seem insignificant, but was significant. Um, we had um, uh, our basketball program. It was, I was, it was years ago that uh, when uh, one of our guys here in the church would always, always was into basketball, then started to suggest this program, maybe we should do something for, for our community. And so they started together, and they came up with this term, heavenly hoops. Well, today, today, once again, as you think about the hundreds, if not thousands, of young kids that have gone through this uh, church because of heavenly hoops, how, how they have heard the message of Jesus and how their lives have been uh, uh, impacted. It seemed what, what was, you know, okay, well, let's do a little something, a basketball, a couple of nets and this kind of thing. But I tell you, as a result of what seemed insignificant has become very significant to this church and still continues to make an impact uh, really like no other day. Then there was the um, Dale Rutan. Dale Rutan. He came. He was our children's pastor and uh, he was, uh, you know, here helping us out and so forth like that. And then one day, Dale and, and Carolyn, they respond to the call. They respond to the call to go, go to uh, the mission field, Honduras. Well, I mean, if, if you haven't talked to Pastor Dale, uh, man, you need to. Because when he first went there, it was just like they were going to be able to maybe minister unto some uh, few hundred kids uh, as a result of something that had already been established. And now, the last time they were talking to him, the numbers have gone from not only just a few hundred, but they've gone to 5,000, they've gone to 10,000 kids that they are impacting on a, on a regular basis. It seemed, wow. It, it, it didn't seem like, you know, okay, he was going, and we weren't sure of the, uh, the significance of it.
but because he took that step of faith. Uh, and then, then there was, uh, uh, you know, different things. We had missions trips. I remember when Pastor Scott was here, and Pastor Scott, uh, he took a bunch of our kids down to Tijuana, and he went down there, and uh, they just built shacks. That's all it was. Man, it was just like maybe a, a, an eight-by-eight eight shack like that was for, for a house, and some of our kids went there. As a result of those two trips, there was two trips that I can think of, uh, that, that out of that came several other missions trips, and we're still doing it. And, and there's another missions trip scheduled for next year that I believe it's in the same spirit that this church over the years has caught on to what may seem, well, you know, it's good a little thing, it's a spring break, get them doing something good. That those things have become very significant in, in God's mind. And then, then of course, they're, they're, what can you say about to Stratford with love? As to Stratford with love, and I was talking to, to uh, Richard uh, about, about this uh, not too long ago, uh, and uh, it, there was a, years ago some, some ladies uh, from the, the uh, uh, shelter needed one to go shopping. I can't remember if it was over Mississauga. And, and that sort of was like almost a seedbed, and, and, then, and then Richard one day is moved upon in our service, and, and God starts to give him a vision for this meal. And so we go from just a few hundred people as it started off, and now then we get over 1,200, uh, maybe 1,400 people that are happening like that. It becomes one of the biggest events in, in, in our community, especially during Christmas time. So that's the point. The point that I'm making is that, you know, there are things that happen that seem insignificant but become very significant. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, oh, thank you for doing that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. The next slide. Let's go to the next slide. What steps of faith am I taking? What is God asking you to do in this new year? And, and what is God asking you to do? It may seem insignificant, but God has something very significant. You don't know what it is. You don't know what kind of seed you're going to be planted. I want to conclude uh, my, uh, my message with a, with, a, with a story from my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, David, who lives down in uh, um, uh, Florida, uh, Vero Beach, uh, David has been out of ministry for, for a number of years, but David has a really heart to, to, to uh, be uh, used of God. And uh, recently, recently, he was approached. He was, he was re- approached by a nation evangelist. And uh, uh, the, the evangelist is from Pakistan. I don't know about you, but Pakistan is not on my bucket list. I have no desire to go to that country. Uh, and yet, uh, I, I need to let you know that God is moving mightily in the country of Pakistan. And, and that there are churches, in, there are Christian churches in Pakistan. Uh, there, there are people that they, they, they are praying fervently uh, and with, with people and pastors and, and churches that are going on. So my brother-in-law, uh, who has connected with this uh, evangelist, was recently uh, invited to go back in the spring to go and, and, and do some uh, preaching, do some teaching for, for the pastors over there. My brother-in-law told me this story. You've got to hear this story. My brother-in-law tells us about this, this head evangelist in the country of Pakistan. And about, it was about two years ago that one of the leading imams in a mosque over in Pakistan, in one of their uh, more populated cities, uh, larger, uh, uh, larger cities, had sent an invitation to the evangelist and said, I want you to come and meet with me. And the evangelist said, no way, I'm not going to meet with him. I don't know what he's up to. It's a trap. I'm staying away from him. So, so for two years, this Amman 
keeps wanting to have this evangelist and come and meet with him. And so, so, but the guy's just not feeling comfortable. He doesn't like it. There's too many other things that are going on. Doesn't like the militant, uh, the, the, the Muslims are, are often militant. So finally, he says, I will do it. I'll go. But he said, I'm, I'm bringing my interpreter. So he takes his interpreter. They go to the mosque where this Amman is. They go in and they get into the first room and immediately behind him, some people lock the doors. And then they're, they're led into another room. As soon as they get into another room, the doors are locked. And they go into the third room, and the doors are locked once again behind them. And, and this evangelist says to the interpreter, says, he says, I don't care what this guy says. I want you to know I am not going to deny Jesus. I am not going to deny my Christ. And so, so he's, he's just all worked up and not showing what's going on. So he gets into the room, and they meet with this Amman. And this Amman, he comes to this evangelist, and he has this, this sacred book wrapped in a cloth, and he comes and he presents it to the evangelist. And as the evangelist opens it up, it's a Bible. It's a Bible. And the Iman says this. So don't write the Muslim community off. Okay. They, he, says, he says to the evangelist, for the last two years, I have been teaching my people from this book. Somebody planted a Bible. Somebody thought maybe they didn't know where it was going to go. You think, it seemed insignificant, but it became very significant. You never know what God is up to and what he's going to do. Next year, in 2019, there is a federal election that's going to take place. And, and you may have strong feelings about how that's going to, to go and so forth. I want you to know that the only thing that will affect a, in a federal election is if God's people are praying. And prayer is key. Also, significant to next year in 2019 is the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada 100th birthday. That is significant. And, and there's, just, there's just this expectation uh, that, that God wants to do something very significant in the new year. Pentecost was birthed in prayer. And this comes from our, our, our testimony. And it's, and it's a quote. Pentecostal, Pentecost was birthed in prayer as the 120 waited patiently in the upper room. Being in one, one accord, they were now ready for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. Every major revival in history, folks, listen to this, began when a small group of God's people began to fervently pray. E.M. Bounds said, God shapes our world by prayer. The prayers of God's people are the capital stock of heaven by which God carries out his great work on earth. I agree with John Wesley. This is Lori Gibbons. And Lori said this, I agree with John Wesley when he said, God does nothing on earth except in answer to believers' prayers. If there is one way we can articulate the significance um, to our world and our place in our world, it is through prayer. I'd like to have your heads bowed, eyes closed. And I'm just asking the prayer team, uh, prayer team members, if you take your position, please. I'm asking you to go. Matter of fact, come right up to the front. At the end of January, at the end of January, we are having an emphasis called uh, 40, days, uh, 40 Days of Prayer. And, and uh, we believe that God has called this church to a role of significance. We believe that God is uh, asking this church 
to lead the way in this community when it comes to prayer. There is a call, there is a responsibility that I believe with all my heart that has been placed upon this church to be a leader when it comes to prayer, when it comes to uh, being a, a witness, when it comes to being disciple makers, and that God is calling us each one of us. So today, I, I really want to uh, in, encourage you that in the next several weeks that you will sign up, that you'll sign up for small groups. Uh, and if you can't get into a small group, uh, we have special uh, larger gatherings on, on the Thursday night uh, during the week. We also uh, will do everything we can to accommodate those people that are on shift work and those kind of things. So, so there is something that God is doing. And I believe this, you may, you may question how significant it will be, but I believe that it's out of, a, out of a group of people that come together to pray, that come to pray, that God wants to once again respond to the scripture that says, if my people, note this, it's people in plural. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then, then will we hear from heaven, he will heal our land. And so, so people... So people today, I, I really want to encourage you to sign up before you go. Okay, I'm asking for the um, uh, worship team to come and, and take their place as we get ready to go to prayer. And, and uh, uh, Gary, I'm just looking to you right now. Uh, Gary, are you sensing a certain direction that we need to go here? I, I just feel that, <clears throat> that if people want to change for 2019, you need to come forward and ask for prayer. I really believe that what pastor's talking about is significant. If you want to change in 2019, you need to come for prayer. Not just sit back and say, oh well, oh well. Come for prayer and be part of also the 40 days. Okay, I think that uh, th that might be a good way for us to do that. A and today, I, I just really want to give even, you know, uh, Terry, okay, I'm going to give Terry, because I've, I've really asked, we've sent out a couple days now, the prayer team have had a chance to be praying over what this, how this service is going to conclude. So I really want to hear what uh, Terry has to say as well. But I, I really will, you know, if, if you today, and I, and I really sense today that, that we are in a place where people want, they want to make a difference. So Terry, what are you thinking? Um, if you feel like um, during the service you felt a moment of joy, like you were about to grasp something, and then it was immediately taken away, I think you need to come up to pray. And the other one is if you feel like um, it is too hard or too much, come up and get prayer. Okay, I think that's it. I think, okay, so let's all stand. And uh, we are going to give you this opportunity. What we're going to do is we're just going to free up this service. And we're going to give you the opportunity to, to come. It won't, be, it won't be a long prayer. The prayer team, I just really want to just, man, just pronounce blessing on them. Just pronounce blessing on them, okay? And if somebody has a specific request, by all means, do that, okay? Lord, we come before you today. And Lord, this is, this is not an accident that we are not insignificant, but Lord, we are, we are significant and we have received you as the living bread and it's our responsibility to give it away. So Lord, we don't know where it's gonna go, but Lord, we do sense, and, and we do sense in, in, as we look over this past year and the number of new people that have been coming and how this church has been growing in so many ways and by the direction that Pastor Chad and Pastor Melissa have been giving to us. Lord, we know that we are headed someplace. And so Lord, I wanna thank you today for the call of God that you have 
placed upon each and every one. So, Lord, today for anyone that is here, and, Lord, maybe there are several that feel, oh, it's not for me. It's not. I, I'm not significant. I, I, significant. I don't have anything. But, Lord, I just want to come against the lie of the enemy. And, Lord, I want to come against, Lord, anything that would cause people to feel that, no, God doesn't have a place for me. Lord, you do. And, Lord, you look into this church collectively to respond to, to a, a prayer movement that, Lord, you are, an, you are already raising up in the nation of Canada. You are already stirring in ministries and churches throughout the land. And it's only a matter of Holy Spirit moment that, Lord, you're going to ignite something in this nation. And, Lord, we want to be on the cutting edge. So, Lord, I bless today people with a spirit of significance. And, Lord, as people uh, respond to this time, we give you praise and give you glory. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 